CFUV 101.9 FM is a campus and community radio station located on the Songhees and Wasanic Territory in Victoria, British Columbia. CFUV provides access to broadcast training and equipment. Visit our website cfuv.ca to find out how you can get involved and add your voice to Victoria's airwaves. At the University of Victoria Legacy Art Galleries, art works to promote dialogue around issues that matter. Our rotating exhibitions and programs activate research and learning through university and community collaborations. Our main gallery space is located downtown on Lukwangan Territories, open Wednesday to Saturday between 10 and 4. We have two additional exhibition spaces on campus, First People's House and the Legacy Maltwood. Our exhibitions are always free and open to the public. Learn more at uvac.uvic.ca. Because music can make me feel things. You ain't gotta try so Hey guys, this is Liza Tell White People on CFUV 101.9 FM. And today we're gonna talk about the racist media coverage of the Ukraine invasion. Enjoy! Recently, during one of my lectures, a classmate of mine and I were tasked with finding a recent news story to speak about in front of everyone. Now, my classmate and I were both only able to find coverage on the Ukraine invasion. This is understandable due to what Ukraine has been put through in recent weeks. However, the only thing I really remember from that interaction was when my classmate was speaking about how the Ukraine invasion had brought tears, seeing all these children being torn apart from their families. At the moment, I agreed with them. And now in my head, identical to reactions I'd had from the prior conversations that were voicing their disbelief of the horror in Ukraine. Now, as I continued to nod, I couldn't help but think, why is this so unbelievable for you guys to fathom? I mean, war is a horrible thing, but the West has been privy to create this destruction in places such as parts of the Middle East for ages. Just only five years ago, we watched as the Syrian crisis escalated and Syrian civilians had no other option but to become refugees as a last resort to save their lives and their families' lives, much similar to those of Ukrainian families at the moment. Now, what really boggled my mind is we as the West and as Canadians had great roles to play in the desecration of these places. I mean, it's been stated that from early stages of the conflict in Syria, major Western countries such as the US, France, and the UK have provided political, military, and logistical support to the opposition. The Syrian opposition, politically represented by the Syrian National Coalition, receives financial, logistical, political, and in some cases military support from Sunni states in the Middle East, allied with the US and Canada, most notably Saudi Arabia. Now, even after knowing our hands were not clean within Syria since 2011, it took us till 2015 to welcome Syrian refugees into this country. Yet, I ask again, what's different about Ukraine? And I'm talking from Western civilians' ends. What causes us to welcome Ukrainian refugees but question and deny the refuge of non-Europeans, such as Syrians? In this episode, we take a deeper look into how different perceptions of non-European refugees is from that of European refugees, and what has that looked like during the media coverage of Ukraine, and how we as everyday people maybe play a role. We're going to take a short break with some music, and we'll be back soon.
Hey guys, I just played three tracks by Canadian artist Eloquent from his EP Bedtime Stories. The last track was Stay A While, before that was Killing Joke, and before that was What Matters. And the track before these three was Underworld by Alice Phoebe Lou from her album Child's Play. Let's dive back into today's show. Welcome back to the show. Now, as we've been speaking about refugees in the Western world, I think it's important to understand what we define them as. Now, the UN provides this definition for refugees. Refugees are persons who are outside their country of origin for reasons of feared persecution, conflict, generalized violence, or other circumstances that have seriously disturbed public order and, as a result, require international protection. Now, even though that is the definition that the Western world gives, it is not always implied by Western civilians. Growing up, there tend to be a constant debate about refugees seeking asylum in Canada and other parts of the world. A lot of these debates indirectly tended to imply that refugees are not welcome. And there tended to be a lot of talk about how there wasn't space for them, there wasn't enough housing, there wasn't jobs, or they might steal our jobs. And I remember because as a little Indian girl here, I used to get asked a lot what I thought. Or people would just come up and tell me their opinions on it. Now, a lot of the time I didn't agree, but I also couldn't understand why this was even being brought up in the first place. Another thing I'd always noticed is that when we talk about the term refugee, or even the term immigrant, the ideal model that comes up in a lot of Western people's mind is that of a person of color. Now. For refugees, it's usually someone who's from an underdeveloped country as well. And for immigrants, it's usually someone from India, especially in Canada or Mexico. And that's not right. And I think we know it isn't, but it doesn't stop us from creating these prototypes. Another thing is that it's always had a negative light towards it. The things I'm saying about this idea of refugees being seen as, you know, taking Canadians or Westerners hard work and taking it for themselves and replacing us has always been an issue. But it doesn't seem to be when it comes to the idea of Ukrainian refugees. And that is quite interesting to begin with. Now, this next clip I'm about to share with you is a segment from Trevor Noah, a comedian and political commentator's show, The Daily Show, on Comedy Central. Uh, if any of you are familiar with it, it's a, gr- it's a great show, and I would really recommend it. And this segment specifically is him taking a look and responding to the overwhelming welcoming from European countries for Ukrainian refugees in a matter of days. Let's take a look. Ukraine's neighbors welcoming the refugees with open arms, a warm drink, and a hug in Moldova. In Slovakia, a chance to watch cartoons. Ukrainians welcomed by Hungarian officials and aid workers. Each handed a solidarity ticket, a free seat on another train to the Hungarian capital where more help waits. You've got one European country after another saying that they will fast-track applications for asylum. The European Union is talking about giving them three years of temporary residency so they can work, they can access benefits. In Poland, they have opened their borders, opened their arms to as many Ukrainian refugees as will arrive. We keep our borders open. The nationals of all countries who suffered from Russian aggression 
or whose life is at risk can seek shelter in my country. Poland's commissioner to the EU personally offered to host a family of refugees in his own home in Warsaw, but the refugees had found an alternative place to stay. This is amazing, people. All these countries in Europe have stepped up to take in all of these refugees. And what's also amazing is, if I heard correctly, the Polish commissioner to the EU offered to host a family of refugees in his home, but they said, no thanks, we found another place. I don't care what you say, that's gotta hurt. Yeah, you think you're helping refugees and they're like, wow, so is, uh, is that your kitchen? Uh, it's only been eight days, my standards haven't dropped that much. But still, seeing these refugees being greeted with open arms and full hearts, it gives me, it gives me a glimmer of hope in this world, you know? To see, like, people helping people in need. I mean, it is interesting, though, that Eastern Europe has been so willing and able to accept a million people coming into their countries in just a few days, when just recently, just recently, they didn't seem to have any space for a different group of refugees. The humanitarian crisis in Europe continues to grow and increasingly expose fault lines, hundreds of thousands of refugees streaming in from Syria and elsewhere. But as the arguing continues, so does the suffering. As Europe struggles for a solution, refugees forced to zigzag from one country to another with no clear path. The EU has effectively paid Turkey to keep Syrians from getting to Greece. Poland had pledged to take in a number of the refugees, saying now that it is not going to do that. We will not be receiving migrants from the Middle East and North Africa in Poland. This is Hungary's solution to the flood of refugees pouring in, a 13-foot fence topped with razor wire, running about 115 miles along its border with Serbia. Police in ride gear told they can shoot rubber bullets at anyone who tries to cross. Hostility here in Hungary, video shocking the world. The Hungarian camerawoman kicking that girl as she runs from police. And this, as a man runs by carrying a small child, she trips him and he falls to the ground. Hungary's Prime Minister, Viktor Orban, had a message for the migrants themselves. The moral human thing is to make clear, please don't come. Hmm. That's really strange. When it's Syrians who are fleeing a war, it's all, we do not have space, do not come. But now this space and people must come, what changed? I mean, when the Syrians needed refuge, even the camera crew was drop kicking families. Yeah, but now Ukrainians are getting accommodation, they're getting visas, they're getting work benefits, which by the way is good, it is a good thing. But I'm just saying, where's their drop kick? And look, we don't even have to speculate. We don't have to speculate about why they're treating Ukrainians so differently than refugees from Africa or from the Middle East. It's because the prime minister of Bulgaria, he came out and said it, right? He said, these are not the refugees we are used to. These people are Europeans. These people are intelligent. They are educated people. Yeah. It's a kind of a shocking thing to say. But at the same time, I will say, I'm impressed that the Prime Minister of Bulgaria has found the time to get to know all one million refugees that have fled Ukraine in the past week. He must be very efficient at making small talk. So where are you from? What you do? What you think? Aha, I like you. And please, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong here. I understand the arguments, right? I understand the arguments that these countries will make, right? That they have to think about how easy it is for refugees to integrate into their culture and society. I get that. I truly get that. It's just like it's easier for you to take in a family member who's in trouble than a random person who needs help. You know, like lots of kids got in one little fight with a couple of guys who were up to no good, but there's reason Uncle Fool and Aunt Viv only took in Will. I get it. Well, that was quite good representation of how a lot of previous 
refugees and immigrants and people of color, honestly, have been feeling about the recent reactions and responses to Ukraine versus how these Western countries have reacted to certain crises in parts of the Middle East and Africa and so forth. Now, we're going to take a quick break with some music, and we'll be back with some more on specifically the media coverage that has been creating a lot of buzz in Ukraine. As a disclaimer, these songs may have profanity or use of that words. He knows not a damn, damn thing at all. And every time I felt the hurt and I felt the giving, getting me up off the wall. I'm just gonna take a minute and let it ride. I'm just gonna take a minute and let it breeze. I'm just gonna take a minute and let it ride. I'm just gonna take a minute and let it breeze. How did Mandela get the will to surpass the everyday when injustice had him caged and trapped in every way? How did Gandhi ever withstand the hunger strikes and all? Didn't do it to gain power or money, if I recall, it's the gift. I guess I'll pass it on, mother thinks it'll lift the stress of Babylon, mother knows, my mother she suffered blows, I don't know how we survived such violent episodes, I was so worried, it hurt to see you bleed, but as soon as you came out the hospital you gave me sweets, yeah, they tried to take you from me, but you still only gave them some prayers and sympathy, dear mama, you helped me write this, by showing me to give is priceless. And any man who knows a thing knows he knows not a damn, damn thing at all. And every time I felt the hurt and I felt the giving getting me up off the wall. I'm just gonna take a minute and let it ride. I'm just gonna take a minute and let it breeze. I'm just gonna take a minute and let it ride. I'm just gonna take a minute and let it breeze. All I can say is the worst is over now. We can serve the hard times, divorce, it's over now They try to keep us out, but they doors is open now Acorn is getting awards and covers now This is K-9, and still ripping the S Coming out of Mogadishu and still draped in the mess And no matter how we strong, homie It ain't easy coming out of where we from, homie And it's the reason why I can never play for me Tell them the truth is what my dead homies told me from the most heinous of situations Creating medication out my own tribulations Dear Africa, you helped me write this By showing me to give is priceless And any man who knows a thing knows He knows not a damn, damn thing at all And every time I felt the hurt And I felt the giving getting me up off the wall I'm just gonna take a minute and let it ride I'm just gonna take a minute I'm just gonna take a minute and let it ride I'm just gonna take a minute and let it breathe Nothing is perfect, man, that's what the world is All I know is I'm enjoying today Cause it ain't every day that you get to give And any man who knows a thing knows He knows not a damn, damn thing at all And every time I felt the hurt And I felt the giving getting me up off the wall I'm just gonna take a minute and let it ride I'm just gonna 
talking about. You know where I'm from, and you know where I'm at, so you know I'm flying Oh, 
guys, that track I just played is called Bloody Waters by the artist Her, from the album titled Back of My Mind. Before that was a Canadian childhood classic by Kanon, called Take a Minute from his album Troubadour. Let's continue with the show. Now, getting back into today's discussion, we delve a bit deeper into where Western society's conflicting perceptions of refugees come from. And after taking a closer look into the issue, the notable catalyst for this issue can be media. Now, this is not to say all media outlets and platforms do an unjust job of covering some stories rather than other. However, there has been research done that indicates how media coverage on Syrian refugees from 2011 was much more biased and discriminatory. There are also, as I noted before, recent articles from journalists and people of color who have experienced past refugee crises in places such as Syria who have given their own perspective on the difference between how media had covered their crisis versus the way they have been handling the crisis in Ukraine. An interview done by the Eye Opener, which is Ryerson University's independent student newspaper, discussed with a journalism professor at Ryerson, Kamal El-Suleli, about the recent research paper that the university had done on biased and racist media coverage of refugees. In the article, the professor goes on to state that he noticed that the stories were not about what the refugees were experiencing or what their experiences left behind were, but they were about how generous and welcoming Canadians have been and how Canadians are rising to the occasion to opening their hearts and their wallets to refugees. The same study from the Ryerson Centre for Immigration Settlement found that the Canadian media had an inherent bias when it came to the media coverage regarding Syrian refugees and that there needs to be a shift in the reporting narrative. Another article written by CBC voiced the disappointment of a former Syrian refugee in accordance to the racist media coverage of the Ukraine war. As a disclaimer, it's important to state that the former refugee Hassan Al-Kandar has been open about his solidarity for Ukrainians and that his criticism is mainly pointed to the media some journalists who he believes to stereotype non-European countries as uncivilized. The article goes on to write that in one example, a CBS correspondent in Kharkiv recently said in a live report, this isn't a place with all due respect like Iraq or Afghanistan that has seen conflict raging for decades. This is a relatively civilized, relatively European country where you wouldn't expect or hope that it's going to happen. Let's take a short break and we'll be back. Hey guys, as we take a break, I just wanted to inform you about an event happening this summer in Victoria. So on August 31st in Victoria, BC, the Vancouver Island Blue Bash will be held. This festival will feature blues and R&B artists, so if that's something you enjoy, be sure to check it out. Washing your hands often reduces the chances of getting or spreading COVID-19 and other germs. Washing your hands with soap and hot water for at least 20 seconds allows the soap to disrupt the surface of the virus and rinse it off. While soap and water is the most effective, hand sanitizer can also be used to disinfect your hands as well. For more information about hand washing and COVID-19, please visit bccdc.ca. Like what you're hearing? You can text CFUV anytime and let us know what you think of our playlists, podcasts, and hot takes. We love to hear from our listeners. Call or text at 250-8721-8700. That's 250-721-8700 to reach CFUV 101.9 FM.
Hey guys, welcome back to Lies I Tell White People on CFUV 101.9 FM. The most shocking thing about the fact that someone has the balls to say this isn't a place where you would expect or hope for such a war to happen is that I know and I know a lot of people know that people watching this war feel that way. There is something to be said for the fact that a lot of the times in the Western world and in Western countries, people of color are just isolated. And the article also gets insight from a political science professor at McMaster's University in Hamilton, Ontario, Nathan Andrews. He says, while media outlets have always perpetuated the dichotomy of us and them in news coverage, it's striking to see how lives are still perceived as more important than others. We're actually just ignoring the reality and creating the impression that bad things only happen to other people and other people here would mean black or brown people anywhere else in the world, Andrews said. Another passage from the same article explains that a columnist from the Daily Telegraph in the UK came under fire for writing that the sight of Ukrainian refugees fleeing their country was shocking because they seem so like us. Another opinion piece done by The Guardian takes a closer look at the perception of Ukrainian refugees to be more sympathized by with white journalists and newscasters than that of refugees from places such as Syria, Iraq, and Afghanistan. The BBC interviewed a former deputy prosecutor general of Ukraine who told the network, It's very emotional for me because I see European people with blue eyes and blonde hair being killed every day. Rather than question or challenge the comment, the BBC host flatly replied, I understand and respect the emotion. On France's BFM, TV journalist Philip Corbet stated this about Ukraine. We're not talking about Syrians fleeing the bombing of the Syrian regime backed by Putin. We're talking about Europeans leaving in cars that look like ours to save their lives. Now, I'm gonna share a few clips with you from actual media coverage that has come out during the Ukraine crisis. And after, I'll share my thoughts. This is not a developing third world nation. This is Europe. These are prosperous middle-class people. These are not people trying to get away from areas in North Africa. They look like any European family that you would live next door to. What could be a difference here from other conflicts, you know, that could seem very far away, you know, in Africa or Middle East or whatever. I mean, these are Europeans that we're seeing uh, being killed. This isn't a place with all due respect um you know like iraq or afghanistan you know this is a relatively civilized uh relatively european i have to choose those words carefully too uh city where you wouldn't expect that or hope that it's going to happen see now here's the thing I've been talking about the racist media coverage, but really the clips I just shared with you all right now highlight the problem with our perception of Ukrainian refugees versus non-European refugees, and that is dehumanization. When newscasters say such things like this is not a place like Afghanistan and Iraq, or in very posh yet alarmed accents express that Ukraine is a European country and is facing such treatment, it consciously, but I'll give white people a break, maybe unconsciously, sends a message that being European means your life is worth more than that of someone who is from a Middle Eastern or African country. And the next thing I'm about to say is probably not going to go over well with some audiences, but you know when a person or 
persons of color tells you, hey, what you said or did right there was kind of racist. And then you reply and say, no, I'm not a racist. I didn't even say anything bad. Well, newsflash, people, you don't have to say a racial slur for it to be considered racist. There is a concept of being racially insensitive or racially biased, especially in this situation. When you have white people or news stations getting up in front of the entire world and explaining in great length that what sets Ukraine invasion apart from countries like Iraq is that they are a civilized and European country and mainly majority of people across the globe that are even recognizing this type of newscasting as being racially charged are people of color, that becomes the problem. This isn't something that only people of color should be noticing. This is something that all Westerners should be noticing, but we don't. And it becomes really easy to silence the backlash of the racist coverage by claiming that when you speak up about it, it can invalidate the importance or seem like you don't care about what's happening in Ukraine. That truly isn't the case. And I think an article written by Anushka Stana, who is a British Indian journalist and television presenter for ITV political discussion series Peston, as well as a former Guardian editor at large and former host of the daily news podcast Stay in Focus, sums up what a lot of people of color intentions are when speaking about their perspective on the Ukraine coverage. The journalist wrote, that right now the story in Ukraine is one of both hell and humanity, with indiscriminate shelling and destroying homes, taking lives and forcing millions to flee, and people lining up at borders and train stations with cardboard signs welcoming families into their homes. But even at a time like this, it is important to remember the terrible plight of those fleeing other conflicts. Their stories must not be forgotten. She goes on to speak about a moment when she was staying in Turkey. Perhaps the saddest moment in Turkey came as I kneeled on the floor of a play area in the deportation center, watching toddler run repeatedly up the green plastic steps of a dinosaur side and then slide down. Beside him stood a girl who said she fled the Taliban because she wanted an education. She and her mother had done that journey through those same treacherous mountains. She was a child of 10, around the same age as my oldest son. One man, in the same center told me that those with him died at the border. Another described being one of 70 people packed by smugglers into a vehicle made for 10. Four people were killed when the car started moving due to a lack of oxygen, he said. Now, Asana does a great job of explaining that people of color are not trying to take away from the injustice Ukrainians are going through. Rather, we are shedding light on the fact that when non-European refugees go through something just as severe, it should be responded to in just as effortful of a manner as the Ukrainians are receiving from the world, especially the Western world. Let's take a short break and we'll be back with more on the racist coverage of the Ukraine invasion.
Doorstep by Izzy Bizu from her EP titled Kalita. Let's get back to the show. Hello and Sat Sri Akal. I'm Jagir Virk. I'm Praminder Virk. Every Sunday morning from 9 to 10, we host Taste of Punjab radio program on CFUV 101.9 FM. We play variety of Punjabi songs, talk about community events, and invite community members. So don't forget to listen Taste of Punjab at cfuv.ca. Masks are one of the ways we can help prevent COVID-19 from spreading. All people five and older in BC are required to wear a mask in indoor public spaces regardless of their vaccination status. Make sure your mask is properly fitted and sits closely over the mouth, nose, cheeks, and chin of the wearer. For more information about masks and COVID-19, go to bccdc.ca. Mount Tomi Market is a small neighborhood store with friendly staff. They carry a variety of snacks and hot and cold beverages, and they offer curbside pickup. Come in for a coffee, energy drinks, sandwiches, muffins, and more. Order online at mountholmemarket at gmail.com or in person at 3517 Richmond Road. Hey guys, welcome back to Lies I Tell White People on CFUV 101.9 FM. Now, this brings me to my next example. Take a look at the response that our Canadian government sent out in light of the Ukraine invasion. This next piece is taken from a CBC article that summarizes what the Immigration Department spoke about in a recent press conference. To start, 
Fraser said, his department has created a new visa category that will allow a limitless number of Ukrainians to come to Canada to live, work, or study here for up to two years. People accepted under the Canada-Ukraine Authorization for Emergency Travel Program will have an open work or study permit and employers will be free to hire as many Ukrainians as they want. Now that's not all. An article written by CTV News states how Fraser has said that over the last week, he's heard numerous people in community groups, including his mother, who have offered to welcome Ukrainians. Now, when objectively looking at the refugee plan our government concocted, I have to say, it's amazing. The care and consideration for not just opening our doors, but actually implementing ways for Ukrainian refugees to be aided in the process of integration into Western countries is needed. And as Western bystanders, sometimes we fail to recognize when speaking about refugees seeking asylum in different parts of the world, supporting integration is equally as important to opening your doors. But it's important to note that some sort of integration was not offered for Syrian refugees back in 2015. And even when the doors were open, that was essentially all that was done. Now this month actually marks the 11th year since the Syrian civil war was started in 2011. And I want to share an article done by CBC News that came out last year in March, which was a piece written to commemorate and reflect on Syrian refugees' journeys to Canada. One part of the story that stood out to me was from Zechariah Al-Muqtad and his journey to Toronto. The article writes, his journey started in 2012, with bombs falling from around them in bizarre Syria. Al-Muqtad and his wife carried their two young children and walked for three hours to the Jordanian border. Al-Muqtad says they did what they could to allay their kids' fears amid the bombardment. He says, they just told them it's nothing too crazy, just some fireworks aside to keep them calm. In 2016, private sponsors helped the family come to Canada, where they learned English and worked over the years to open their restaurant. Now, he runs a restaurant, which is a smaller version of the 300-person eatery Al-Muqtad owned in Syria. One day, he hopes to have several locations around Toronto. He and his family have applied for citizenship and are awaiting their tests. Now, the article does a good job of translating these refugees' optimism and hope for their future in Canada, which is amazing. However, what's frustrating about the optimism is that it is the only tool afforded to non-European migrants, immigrants, and refugee families such as Muqtads when they make the courageous effort to seek something better for them and their families here in places like Canada. And I want to share that the CTV News article went on to state that Fraser said his main motivation in using a process system with the greatest horsepower and fiercest administrative requirements comparable to programs that handle 2 million temporary visa applications a year was to expedite the process of hundreds of thousands of Ukrainians who have fled to neighboring countries prompting a refugee crisis. Well, my question is, were families such as al not deserving of the same support Canadian governments are offering Ukrainians right now? I mean, I know from personal experience, as my parents are both Punjabi immigrants, that the amount of adversity and lack of aid in terms of integrating into Western culture is something that they accepted a long time ago. 
And all that they and many people with similar backgrounds have accomplished is not because, rather in spite of the lack of support from white westerners and governments. It does make me wonder though, when I look at such a good effort at an integrative refugee program, what this would have meant and done for immigrants and refugee families, such as the Mukdeds. Would a lot of these people still be working minimum wage jobs while carrying bachelor master degrees from their home countries, or being proud and confident business owners such as a Mukdad? Or would they, with the same support Canada is showing Ukrainian refugees, have been able to achieve more? We're going to take a short break and after, discuss audiences' roles in the biased media coverage. Listener's discretion advice, the music may have profanity or use of the n-word in it. Settle down, settle down, just settle down, I'll show up. Don't give me no run around, run around, no run around, been so us, yeah. And I know what you've been about, still about. I done been around it so much. And I don't need to fill it out. I've been around, I finished with the dough. You don't even simmer down, simmer down, simmer down. I roll up. Cause now I'm falling face first, yeah. Face down in your club. Star crossed lovers in the end of lives. All stars thunder on the cameras All last summer you got wasted Stop the fuck shit coming, hang with us Was a little fetish, just a little lost but Now pretty little flames wanna put it on us Level down, level down I just wanna settle down, settle down Settle down, settle down Just settle down, I'll show up Don't give me no run around And I know what you've been about, still about. I done been around it so much. And now I'm falling face first, face down in your love. Stop playing games like your best friend. How she always claims she know everything. She staying away, we gon' change lanes. Story up, bet she ain't gang gang. Settle down, settle down. We done been around, been around Time to muzzle up, muzzle up I don't wanna be a dog, a little pup You just need to come around, come around You can be my buttercup, buttercup You don't let me build it down, not enough So I'm gonna tear it down, tear it down You just need to settle down, settle down Just settle down, I'll show up Don't give me no run around And I know what you've been about, still about. I done been around it so much. And I don't need to fill it out. I've been around, I finished with the donuts. You don't even simmer down, simmer down, simmer down. I roll up. Cause now I'm falling face first, yeah. face down in your nose. Settle down. You've been about, still about, I done been around it so much 
can see the color of your eye in the reflection of the sky. I need a second in the mile high club. I've been pushing buttons cause the feelings that I'm missing need a beating and my hands don't seem to fit these gloves. I think I calm and collected, hard and respected, pride is neglected. Those gold chains on your neck look expensive. One shot life, be free from the Brexit. Like look at all the mess you've made and look at all the bills I've paid and look at all the days I slaved. Okay, I'm tired of being angry, so if you wanna try and hush my voice, you should hang me. Fuck you and your gentrification. Why'd you have to come into my ends and try train shit? Why I missed the bill and then you went and called the bailiffs? Tell them crank them up and let them play this. Like, I keep going with the same old, trying to get the same old, falling for the same old. Can't keep trying to get the same old, trying to get the same old, falling for the same old. song same old from the album under 25 before that was the track renaissance by terrell morris from his album lavender now let's get back into today's show welcome back from the break now as we've been discussing quite racist media coverage of the ukrainian war i think it's important to take a minute to talk about why does biased media coverage occur. Now, it's easy to solely blame the media for the bias and racist coverage, but it's important to acknowledge that media in the West works harder than they should, mind be, to say and report in a way that their audiences will engage with. A lot of what news corporations take into mind is to keep their main audience demographic happy. We saw it with the investigative journalist piece on the Boston Priest debacle, or one of the reasons the news outlet had been sitting on records of the wrongdoings of priests in that community was because the news outlet was aware and worried to lose their over 50% Catholic audience. Now again, this doesn't mean that Western audiences who are tuning into the Ukraine crisis have innate bias and racist views on non-European refugees. However, it is important to acknowledge that the way media has been framing Ukrainians to be civilized in contrast to places like Iraq and Syria. That is because they are playing into the predominantly white audiences in the West, 
who they believe may find more sympathy for war happening to people that look like them, rather than the millions of black and brown people who have fallen victim to these wars and have had to become refugees as a last resort due to its quite similar catalyst. As the show comes to an end, I just want to address why I decided to make an episode on this topic. Why would I actively choose a topic that for some audiences might seem to take attention away from something that matters as much as Ukraine? For me personally, because I wouldn't have had the courage to talk about racist double standards we have here in the West about refugees when I was younger. I mean, growing up as a South Asian Canadian, I was innately taught to not make white people uncomfortable. I mean, saying something such as this would, and still probably does, to some people come across as attention-seeking in a way. That might actually not be right, but that was how I always perceived my views would be received. It's funny, though, that now I'm much less apologetic for my honesty if I see the world as I grew up. I mean, council culture is raging like a bat from hell. Now is a time when more than ever, I see my peers and the world around me be so hesitant to have concrete opinions or share them because they don't want one opinion to be the snapshot of all they are to others, which is understandable, but to be quite honest, unproductive. Everyone is so worried about being labeled as a racist, sexist, homophobe, you name it, that they choose to run the other way at any sign of discourse because we've started to only see discourses as a breeding ground for arguments and fights. Now that might be what happens from this discussion, but that's not my intention. I hope this episode causes conversation. If the conversation is about how crazy I am, that's alright. At least that means someone took the time to first hear out a different perspective on what's happening in the world right now. And to what I wish I had said to my classmate, who was by the way white, that day instead of lie. I think the way us Westerners and the media responded to the Ukraine invasion has brought up a big hypocrisy about the way Canada likes to perceive themselves as a multicultural society. Case in point, the massive dumpster fire perception of non-white refugees and victims of war from places such as the Middle East and Africa. As a final note, I do want to express that my heart goes out to Ukrainians, even though it may not seem like it from this episode. To see so many families in Ukraine being torn apart due to someone else's actions is horrific, and all I can do is keep them in my good wishes as I know the rest of Canada and CFUV will as well. Now, with that being said, this was Lies I Tell White People, and I hope you enjoyed. You ain't gotta lie, you ain't gotta lie to kick it, my kid, my You ain't gotta try so hard. You ain't gotta lie to kick it, my kid, my You ain't gotta lie.